Welcome to Value Through Vulnerability. This is a podcast dedicated to putting the human back into humanity, and I'm your host, Gary Turner. I'm also the founder of HexoChange, and HexoChange is a transformational change practice dedicated to helping you connect to yourself, to others, and to systems at large in a more meaningful way, thus helping us turn around our workplace and planetary challenges and accelerating how alive we all feel in every aspect of our lives. This track is called Kaleidoscope and was created for me personally and for HexoChange by Peter Griffiths, one half of the amazing Mind Takeaway. I hope you enjoy this exploration and please do share it on your social platforms so we can bring more humanity to more people. Hope to speak to you soon. Welcome to Value Through Vulnerability. This is a podcast dedicated to putting the human back into humanity. And I'm really grateful that we now collaborate with the Humans First movement, um, founded by Mike Vacanti. And today I'm really excited to bring you a good friend, Saki Arkadopoulos. Did I always get that? Look, this is Value Through Vulnerability. I I should actually stop now, Saki, and start again, but I'm not going to. How are you, sir? Well, life is beautiful. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much, mate. So how are things with you, with our uh, current interesting times? Or, uh, you're, you're, I guess you're working from home right now. Yep, yep, yep. I've been at home for the past three weeks, I guess, more or less, uh, which has been interesting. Interesting. Time has a completely different notion now. <laughs> it's a completely different definition of time, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, look, as we get going today, uh, it'd be great for our audience to learn a little bit more about you, um, Saki. So, you know, I know that you work, your formal day job is as a cybersecurity portfolio and project program manager, but I know that you're yep. much more than that. So give our listeners a little bit more of a background as to who is Saki and uh, what are you passionate about, my friend? Okay, so uh, in a short nutshell, um, my name is Saki Arkadopoulos. Uh, I'm a Greek immigrant living in Belgium, born and raised in Belgium. Parents came from uh, from Greece, uh, intended to stay for five years. Well, five years turned into 54 years, and here we are. Um, having said that, uh, born and raised here, uh, worked within IBM first couple of years, then with a Belgian IT integrator, system integrator, and now for the last couple of years, uh, I'm having a lot of fun with, uh, uh, with my current employer, being NXP, uh, exploring the world of uh, cybersecurity. Having said that, um, uh, I have a wife, two kids, uh, and I'm, uh, I'm very active, or I was very active until my shoulder injury, at least, uh, within the CrossFit world, which I actually love. Yeah. Amazing. That's Amazing. Yes. Tell us a little bit, because I, I love your background, that you, you did your master's in computer science. Yep. You've done business administration post-grad. So tell us a little bit about this journey. So you are involved in security today. Like you seem to have a really interesting blend of business and deep technical understanding. Okay. Uh, well, I tend not to play the technical specialist. I obviously understand technology that we're involved in. Uh, but what I love, do, love doing in my, uh, in my job, and that's also, I mean, one of, the, one of the characteristics of being a good program manager or portfolio manager is you need to connect people and you need to look across bridges and team boundaries and so on. And that's just one of the things that I uh, that I actually love doing. Um, and also in the uh, in the space that I'm acting in right now, uh, we have a lot of very very highly technically skilled people, uh, and I love bringing them a different perspective and a different uh, uh, well different mindset. Uh, uh, yeah, 
yeah, that's I love taking a more human approach in my uh, in my work. And is that something that's quite common within NXP? Do you find, or is that, or are you, are you quite uh, unusual at the moment? Depends on who you ask. I I see that there is quite a quite a shift happening, which is a very, uh, at least I think, very positive thing. So where you saw that very much tailor-based uh, engineering culture, um, at least the division that I'm in is is very much open to uh, new ways of working, to experimenting with ways of working, and that's also what we're doing. Um, and I love it because it brings people much closer together. It, it um, uh, how do you say it? diminishes team boundaries, artificial boundaries, um, and in the end, we all have a common goal, and we all need to work towards that common goal. Yeah. Do you know something? I really love how you spoke to artificial boundaries. Do you mind speaking about that a bit more? Because I think that's something that innocently we can get caught up in um, sometimes. Yes. Yes. Um, Anything in particular you're aiming at? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just interested in what that means to you. You know, what you know, how you know, why do these imaginary boundaries? Where, where do they arrive from? How do you deconstruct those within your your work? I'm just inter I'm just interested in what it means to you that artificial boundary. So I so I think one of the one of the things is that these artificial boundaries are um, um, have a natural occurrence, so they just emerged by uh, maybe by design, maybe by hierarchy, maybe by, I don't know how, so by organizational designs, uh, which obviously made sense at a certain point in time. Uh, maybe they, they also didn't evolve with, with reality fast enough. And what you're seeing right now is that we see that we all are much more connected and need each other much more than we actually think. And that we, I mean, no one can operate on an island nowadays. Um, um, so one of the things that I'm actively really hard trying to, really hard working on, is um, is connecting people, making sure that we actually uh, listen to each other, have the right conversations with each other. Um, uh, I know that sometimes politics might be involved, but politics is really something that I hate. I hate it for the simple reason that politics. Uh, makes you lose speed and makes you focus on completely different stuff than execution while it's execution that you well you lose you lose your speed and execution whenever you're concerned about politics because you're concerned about who might actually uh, uh, well help you trip over and so on so those are just some stuff that I try to um, that I'm very vigilant about yeah, th th thanks for sharing that. Actually, I, re I really, I, re I really love that you're speaking to this listening piece. Actually, because I think that that's not really a skill that we're certainly not taught it in school. I'm not sure we're taught it well by parents. So it's interesting that we we sort of hit the world of work, and we, yep. we're not really equipped, are we, with proper good quality listening skills? No, and I'm not. Yeah, so I I think it's part nurture and nature. Um. But there is there's just something to be said about trying to actively um, well actively listen to someone, and I think it also boils down to being self-aware and knowing your own strengths and weaknesses, and just staying within your own uh, well field of expertise. And me, me for example, being the the program manager and not playing the technical specialist helps me helps me in actually 
guiding certain conversations with these technical champions uh, from a completely different angle instead of getting uh, uh, getting overwhelmed uh, with the technical details. It's much easier for me to just stay on, well, on a higher level and bring the conversation back to, uh, to where they should be. So tell us a bit, a second at the moment. So I'm really intrigued. You're working in the sort of tech space, you know, like say cybersecurity. So sort of tech space. Sort of tech space. Exactly. If, if you look at, though, with, like, with this big, huge work from home project we're all experiencing due to the crisis right now, are you yeah. seeing a huge uplift in business because people are using the likes of Zoom and Teams and they want extra security because of like the suddenly mass, everyone's gone mass online all of a sudden? Or. Is that relevant or not relevant for you at the moment? That's not the that's not our field of uh, oh, sorry. Uh, field of business. No, 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 no. So we don't we don't really see an uptick there. There are other fields where we see an uptick, uh, but I'm not sure in, uh, to which degree that I can actually talk about that. So okay, um, that's that's basically it. Cybersecurity is quite um, well, quite uh, not not secret, but let's say it's not not something that you want to throw out in the open. Also. Fair enough. We'll leave that one aside. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. yep. Um, so you spoke a bit about self-awareness just now and how you like to sort of help people become more self-aware. What does that mean to you? Because I see that you speak quite a lot about this on LinkedIn and in some of the, the work you do. What does self-awareness mean to you, Asaki? Self-awareness for me means actually um, knowing what it is. So knowing what it is that you're able to do, knowing what it is that you actually know, and also knowing what actually drives you uh, without being concerned about the judgment of others and without being concerned about likes and without being concerned about, um, yeah, what other people might think. Um, I think self-awareness is a very important topic, something that we've lost out of sight for one reason or another. I think self-awareness isn't getting the attention that it should get. Um, but I also see that that's changing because maybe it's with, with, with growing up or with getting older that you become more self-aware. Um, but there is something to be said about being self-aware because it also brings about some, some inner peace that makes you just much more relaxed and much more confident and much more, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Relaxed. Maybe relaxed is a good word. And in your experience, why, why has it not been such a focus area today or maybe until relatively recently for you? Because it's so why has it not been a, a focus area for me? Oh, as in your experience of people being self-aware. So is, is I don't know. I think I think it's very easy to go with the flow, to just go with the rest, and to just act very busy. And we are all very busy, obviously, and we all have our day jobs, and we all have our night jobs, and we all have kids, and we all have this, and we all have that. On the other hand, is the stuff that's keeping us occupied really that important? I don't know. So. If, if, we really, if we really were to audit our time, are we really are, are we really always that busy? I don't know. I think busy has, has become kind of um, uh, a buzzword of, how are you doing? I'm busy. Oh, okay. 
that must be important. No, it's not because you're busy that it's important. So, um, yeah. It's, it's really interesting you speak about that sort of business culture. Because I think one of the things I'm experiencing right now, personally, but also professionally in my network, Saki, is this crisis could be as sad as it is for people losing their lives, et cetera. I don't, I, you know, it, it, it's horrible. But there seems to be this real genuine opportunity for a reset around the things that really matter. Because we said so. we all of a sudden have stopped being 90, 100 miles an hour, and we can't do anything but be 30 or 40% at home. Like, and yeah. I think people are starting to see things they didn't see three weeks ago. Yep, 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 yep. I hope so. I hope so. So I really hope that this can be, that this can be a kind of reset switch for a lot of people that they say, hey, great, I'm commuting five hours a day. I'm now not commuting anymore five hours a day. I can spend those five hours a day with my kids. Is this something I want going forward? If yes, well, then how can I implement it? Great. I was making a lot of money. Now I'm making zero because I've been laid off. Was that money really worth it? Or is there something else that I really wanted to do but didn't take advantage of because I was in a kind of golden cage, right? So I don't know. I see, I see a lot of opportunity. But I am also very cautious because I know that this is a very sensitive time and period going forward for a lot of people. So it's, it's like dual-sided. Mm -hmm. But you do speak to two, I think, the really powerful examples you just gave of that time back stroke repurposing what we want to do with that time. And I wonder if people, because, you know, I, as you know, I certainly didn't. I was on that hamster wheel until four or five years ago of materialism, next house, next car, you know, next job title, until I suddenly just went crash. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and that was my own mini version of this crisis was sort of four years ago. But to, I can't help feeling it's, it's like mother nature pulling on the handbrake and just going, you lot need to wake up. Yep, yep, and better do it now. And if you don't listen now, I'll help you a second time and a third time. And it will become, I mean, the impact will become bigger every time. So. I had the same a couple of years ago. So, well, actually, I don't know if it was a real crash or not crash. For me, it was a big enough crash in any way um, um, of actually making me stop, realize, and it was like, I don't know what just happened. Something happened. There's a lesson in this. I don't know what. I said, but this cannot happen again. And then actually it also started that whole journey of self-exploration, self-awareness. What is that I want? What is that I don't want? Well, obviously, a lot of times it's much easier to just say what we don't want than what it is that we really want. Um, yeah, so I went on that journey, uh, changed jobs shortly afterwards, uh, and have been really, really excited about the job that I'm doing right now. Uh, love the team that I'm in. Love how we're setting up also our current way of working also with my wife. She has her own uh, enterprise in the, or company in the meanwhile. Uh, how we're juggling also with the kids so it's 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 interesting and, and how is that for you personally with your wife like suddenly you're suddenly you're, you're um, not only working full-time you're also a teacher all of a sudden so how, how's that going with sort of homeschooling <laughs> and all these other things <laughs> will you bleep out certain stuff <laughs> um, I won't no, no, no. <laughs> no 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 I'm kidding I'm kidding I'm kidding okay interesting interesting so we've been discussing homeschooling for example uh, on multiple occasions um, for the simple reason that I think that there is a benefit in homeschooling or at least emphasizing certain stuff that's not emphasized enough in 
current school curricula. Um, having said that, we always thought that we were not ready for it. Well, until you're forced to actually do it. Um, and the first week of homeschooling, so this is their third week now. First week of homeschooling was very chaotic because it was like I was at home, my wife was at home, the kids were at home. And instead of focusing on what we need to do, we were focusing on each other. So there was a lot of, let's say that we need to rebalance the energy, <laughs> the energy inside of the house. So great, that happened the first week. Second week, uh, we actually sat together. Um, the kids got their schedule. I got my schedule. My wife has her schedule. We sat together. We, uh, um, um, uh, how do you say it? We, we checked each other's schedules. Who does what? What needs to be done? We created that. We made certain arrangements. Second week was okay. And now this third week was, I don't know. I mean, my, my son approached me yesterday and said that all my homework is done for the week. I was like, great. I said, how about, uh, is there really nothing you can do? No, but I've already started my homework for next week because if I'm done with my homework for next week, well, done is done, right, Dad? And I was like, excellent. And if that's some of the messages that I can give my kids, I love it. So, cool. So, this has been an interesting, uh, I don't know, interesting roller coaster this uh, past three weeks. Jesmyn, there's a real lesson there from your, from your son around if we think about the work that we do, it's still very much input-based. So where are you? How much time are you spending on it? How much, how much work do you have? Rather than yeah. the outcome, which is what your son's speaking to brilliantly. If I can get it done in six hours, why should I spend another 34 doing nothing? Exactly, exactly, exactly. And that's, that's exactly the same that you also see in school. Uh, I know that there are certain subjects that he's very fast in, certain that he is slower in, uh, but in school it really doesn't matter because you all follow the same pace, right? And I know that that bothers him on multiple multiple fronts while he's still quite young, uh, but nevertheless it bothers him. So I'm glad that now with this homeschooling that we're doing at the moment, mandatory homeschooling, well, he's also seeing the other side and he's actually loving it. So we'll see when and if it if it stops <laughs> how, how fascinating but, but, but i just love the fact that it's on your and your wife's mind and then you had the situation forced and now you're running the experiment <laughs> yeah yes and so but i think i think that's one of the that's actually one of the one of the benefits of this day and age right so i know that a lot of people are forced to work from home and a lot of people are working to change their working behavior and maybe this is also the opportunity that all that we should grasp with both hands and say, hey guys, I've got these four or five hours that I don't commute anymore every day. Okay, I do my work, great. We have eight hours that we spend on work. I have these four or five hours extra. I spent one hour with my family, great. I still have two or three hours left. I spend them on my own and I explore whatever it is that I really want to do. And I would really encourage people of, of doing some self-inquiry and of doing some self investigation on what it is that I want to accomplish in the next 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 40 years. Because even if you're 40, you're still not even halfway. So That's yeah. just brilliant advice, Saki. That really is, because I think, particularly if I think about my wife and like uh, the kids, like it's like she always puts herself last. So like it's always the kids or she tries to put me in front. And I just think there's a really great opportunity here for everybody to take that space you're talking about and just actually sit and stop and 
yeah, as you say, just, just be curious around what else might be possible. Yeah, and maybe sometimes it's also just enough to just sit. We always tend to want to be busy because we want some, something to occupy us. But I think we've forgotten the art of, well, actually just wandering and of doing nothing and of just being in the moment. So, and I would really hope that a lot of people see these, these days to actually do that. Um, uh, because before you know it, it's over and we'll be in a red race again. <laughs> and then it's a very big missed opportunity. So, Yeah, no, I completely share that with you. I really love the a quote you put out on LinkedIn. I don't know if it was today or yesterday, Saki, but you, you, I'll share this with the, the people that have kindly joined us today. Every okay. day you have an opportunity to make something out of nothing. And I think it's brilliant. Was that, if you read that, has it come out of your own mind? Where did that come from? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So good question. I might have read it in some form or another. I might have, I don't know. I don't, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very much in the moment and I'm very much ad hoc, meaning I uh, am quite expressive uh, whenever I, I'm thinking of anything. I'm quite extrovert also, um, uh, but I tend not to, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. I what does it mean to you like when you hear that back as Saki like every day you have an opportunity to make something out of nothing what, what does that mean for you that we can do two things we can either ponder upon lost opportunities or we can leave the past where it is leave the future where it is focus on what we can do today and actually get moving and actually do and actually execute I mean, I get that there's a lot of things to be said for excuses. I get that there's a lot of things to be said for pondering. I get that there's a lot of things to be said for being busy. Um, as long as we realize that most of the time they're all excuses. And if you want to do something, you need to hold ourselves selves accountable and stop. Put our, realize whenever we are making excuses, put them aside and just do whatever it is that needs to be done. And if that means that you need to work out, I don't know, if you want to work out and you only have time between 11 and 12 at night, great. Then you work out between 11 and 12 at night or you don't work out or you find something else or you cut something else out. So it all depends on what you want to do. And to that, to that uh, uh, same question, Gary, one of the things that I did a couple of weeks ago was actually I spent quite a lot of time on Instagram, for example. And I want to create, I want to produce, and on Instagram, obviously, I consume a lot of, well, random stuff. But it's an hour here and then half an hour there and 15 minutes there. And before you know it, you've actually spent two hours on Instagram that day doing actually nothing, just scrolling through, well, the same old stories. Um, and we all have the, those timers on Instagram, right? Excuse me, where Instagram tells you, well, you've spent 20 minutes on this app. Well, great, but you just click OK and then it's done. So one of the things that I did was actually throw away the app throw away the login and I haven't been on Instagram. The, the idea was to do it for a week and I think it's been four or five weeks now, which has been great because I've got that time back and that's time that I'm actually now investing in one on my LinkedIn posts, whatever it is that I want to share. So I'm scheduling those uh, more regularly now. Uh, that's one. And two is I've picked up reading again. 
more intensive than I've done before. Um, and I'm listening to my podcasts again and it's, yeah. And that's, that's stuff that I want to do. That's a really great lesson. And I'm still guilty myself of uh, getting a little bit wrapped up, particularly on Twitter. <clears throat> so Twitter's one of my ones I did Saki last year. So I had what, four, 4,000 followers. I was following 4,000. Wow. You can't, you can't keep up with anybody. So I actually, um, I deleted it, Re reset. Yep. So this was about four months ago. And I made an intention that I will not follow more than 200 people. Um, and, they're, and they're people that I really want to hear from, that I wanted to learn from, that I want to share with. And I've just crept over, but I'm still down there. I'm about like 204 or something like that. Okay. But, but the freedom, the mental freedom that came from resetting, but also, and we'll talk a little bit about this because we're both interested in fear, the yes. fear of cancelling seven years worth yeah. of faux connections like yeah. it was my heart rate was going sake seriously yes 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 i believe you i believe you but, but as as long as we as so what i want what i want to say gary was i'm finding people having seven thousand connections as long as that's what makes them really happy as long as that's what they really want and I think that also ties back to the self-awareness. I think a lot of people don't know what they really want. I think a lot of people follow these false metrics because their friends do and because their colleagues do and because it's just popular to have a lot of friends on TikTok and a lot of friends on Twitter and a lot of friends on whatever. While, I don't know, it's, to me it sounds like a, a little bit of keeping yourself busy, therapy, keeping yourself focused on short-term pleasures while not focusing on what's really important and maybe some things in life aren't meant to be to give you instant gratification and are meant to be hard in the beginning so that you get that gratification in the end. Yeah, there's some, something there about growth, isn't there? Actually, do we yep. invest in growth or do we seek yes. instant gratification? It's a really interesting question to ask ourselves. Yes. And one of the things that I've, notice at least for me personally is that i i love instant gratification i will not deny that <laughs> uh, I, I like it no no so i like instant gratification but i love i love the process of actually putting in hard work i love the process of knowing that i need i i love for example with crossfit i love the fact that i need to sweat that i need to give it all um because I'm not in there for that one workout. I'm in there for the long term. Long term being, I know that by putting in the work now and 20 years from now, I will not be the same 60-year-old that I, uh, yeah, that I would be if I didn't put in the work now. So that's actually. Well, do you know something? Well, I'm fully recovered, Saki. I think I need to come to Belgium, and you need to be. <laughs> <laughs> I, I keep them. Well, I'm happy to do so. Yeah, I keep I keep thinking about trying CrossFit, and guess what? That belief system kicks in, and it's like, yeah, oh, it's probably a little bit too too much yeah. for you, Gary. <laughs> no, 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 it's never too much. So you give you give what? So you can make it as hard as you want, uh, as long as you give it your your all. And the funny thing is, whatever you think today that your all is changes tomorrow because you always know that you can go harder and deeper and whatever it is. So. It's just really interesting. So fascinating. Also, by the way, also by the way, now with this coronavirus, 
interesting to see that while all of it has closed, we still need to find ways of actually keeping busy and of actually keeping active. So yeah, interesting to see what this, uh, what the impact of that will be on, uh, on how the sports world looks like going forward. So how, how are you managing that, Saki, for you, um, in terms of, you've sort of got a garden or is it just like you're, you're one, are you on lockdown in Belgium? Or I think you are. Yep. 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 So, yep, we are. So, so what are you doing to keep, bearing in mind you're a, a, a normal CrossFitter, what are you doing to be able to keep your, your sort of physical uh, health going? Good question. I've gained a couple of kilos ever since the... Haven't <laughs> <laughs> we all? <laughs> yes, yes. So I'm actually quite worried about the day when the lockdown is over. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, no, in all honesty, uh, I've downloaded a couple of days ago, I downloaded one of the free Nike workout apps. So it's the Nike Training Club app, which actually gives you uh, body weight uh, body weight workouts, uh, uh, plans it, has a schedule, personalized schedule uh, with body weight workouts that you can do uh, between the, the, the workouts are usually between 20 and 40 minutes in time, which is just fine. So I have the app, I have my son next to me, and we actually do the, do the exercises uh, together. He's quite active, he likes running. I don't like running. Uh, but anyway, so we do, we do that stuff together which is also interesting because they have a completely different stamina and a completely different mindset towards working out. So it's, uh, and it helps with bonding. So I love it. That's brilliant. So, so, so basically what you're telling me, Saki, your son is putting you through your paces right now. Yes, he is. He is. He is. He is. And he actually thinks it's funny while I think it's less funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yes, he is. Well, look, as we, as we start to wrap up, Saki, I'm really interested. A topic that you're very interested in is the topic of fear, yes. um, how that manifests. I'm really interested. Have you, got, um, have you got maybe a story you could share for us and the listeners of maybe an, an occasion when you've been in fear and how you've overcome that? Um, so the first thing that comes top of mind, and I don't know if it's real fear, is maybe... Maybe two, two perspectives. Yes, two perspectives. First one is when I changed jobs. So ever in between changing jobs, I know that I was quite worried about, hey, should I give my resignation, yes or not? Should I actually do this, yes or no? I mean, everyone goes through the same conversations, right? This is why to do, I'm in a safe place now. What will the future actually look like? Uh, will we be able to pay the mortgage, yes or no? <laughs> Just real world, uh, uh, first world problems. Um, um, so, despite all those fears, what I what, also what my wife told me is she, what she told me last time was well, you always ask the same questions and you know it will turn out okay. And if it doesn't, well, we'll find a way out of it. So, um, so the first one about fear is with regards to changing jobs and so on. Yes, it might be difficult to leave your corporate well-paying job to pursue something that it is that you want, but in the end it always pays off because you just miss regret. Second one about fear is much more personal. Um, and that's, I was quite young when I lost my, uh, when I lost my dad. 
Um, and that was, well, impactful, impactful is not strong enough to say what that actually did to myself and to my, uh, my growing up. Um, and there were a lot of times that I was also fearful of what I'm actually missing and what is it that I'm actually, uh, uh, yeah, that I'm actually missing out on right now. Uh, and what is it that I'm not learning right now? And what is it that I, that could have been if only reality is however, whatever reality is. And I think one of the, one of the ways of actually dealing with fear um, is that instead of being very positive and instead of being very negative, you should just look at the facts and the facts are what the facts are. Um, so there's a very neutral way of looking at things. And I think once you start looking very neutral at things, fear gets, there's a place for fear, but it shouldn't paralyze whatever it is that you, that you do. Um, and I think once people start embracing that, so looking neutral at whatever the facts are, uh, giving, place, giving fear the place that it deserves without being paralyzed by it, having that self-awareness of knowing where it is that you actually want to go, realizing that no one actually figured it all out before they actually got in motion. I think it all helps of, of getting into a very silent and very focused place of just doing. Such rich reflections. Thank you. Really, thanks for vulnerably sharing that as well, um, Saki, because what comes up for me is I remember speaking and writing actually end of last year around sort of emotion for me personally is almost like a data point. So it's where your mind is in the moment. So it might be afraid, it might be happy, it might be courageous, it might be sad, but it's sort of like not attaching too much meaning. It's just like, it's just where you are in the moment and it will pass. Yes. Yes. And yes. I think there's some, yeah, there's some real, there's some real freedom in not attaching too much to those emotions. Yes. Yes. Well, they have their place, right? We are all emotional beings and, but we must recognize them for what they are and not being romantic about our emotions and just, yeah, giving them the attention that they deserve. But not being consumed by them, I guess, is that sort of fine line. Yes, 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 yes. So that would be my, uh, my take on uh, two examples on fear. Yeah. Great, thank you. Thank you, Saki, so much. It's brilliant. And I just love these meandering conversations. You know, we talk about your background, we talk about you working out with your kids, vulnerability, self-awareness. <laughs> yeah. It's it's really brilliant. And I just I've given so many nuggets you've given so many nuggets that I know people will be able to pull out of this conversation. Yeah, you should ask my kids though if they're equally happy with the homeschooling as I <laughs> <laughs> will be interesting to hear what they say. But I mean no no. But it's but it's interesting. It's honestly uh, uh, Gary, it will be interesting to see what this actually does to the world. Um, I know of the, okay, short term, we are all locked in and we have this stuff and we, we know what to do to stay safe and well. We got that. Uh, we know all that we need to wash our hands and, uh, and all this, these messages. For me, the interesting stuff will be, what does this actually mean going forward? And I don't mean in the coming two weeks. I mean, in the coming four years. Will we be shaking hands? Will we be looking at each other like we're like, I don't know, an infectious bomb waiting to go off? Will we be opening door with our hands? Will we be actually hugging each other whenever we see each other? Will we be sitting next to each other? I don't know. So that's the very cultural 
I, I'm really wondering about, excuse me, about the cultural effects of all of this. Yeah. And this is one of the reasons I love your work and in you as a human so much, Saki, is that that, that wondrous curiosity that you have. Because it, <laughs> it, it, it will be, it, it will be fascinating. But I think whatever that looks like for me, I genuinely believe that this is the wake up call, despite all the suffering and all the horrible things that are going on. And I, I do empathize with those. But I do think this is a once in a probably a millennia opportunity to reset things. I really, really do. Yes, yes, yes. And I, I, I really echo that. And I really hope that people take this opportunity to actually do what it is that needs to be done. I really, 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 if there's one thing that I wish upon every, every of your listeners is that they, first of all, stay safe and well, um, and their families also. And second, that they actually grasp this opportunity with both hands um, of actually getting as much value out of this time as they actually can, not only now, but also for the, for the, for the future. What a lovely way to wrap up, Saki. Do you have anything else um, to share with, our, share with our listeners and with myself before we go? Is there any sort of, any other hopes or inspirations for you right now? Maybe something you're reading that's really inspiring you uh, that you might want to share? Uh, reading that's really inspiring. Well, uh, next up is uh, Mike's book. <laughs> so that's, that's next up in my, uh, in my uh, to read list. Um, at this moment, um, I think one of the one of the books that I'm reading is um, I'm well I'm reading multiple books, but I think one of the books that I want to share is about uh, uh, um, is called The Edge, and The Edge is actually a book that talks about how we can turn adversity into advantage and so on and so on. Uh, I'm halfway through the book. I honestly love the way it was written, love the stories that are in there, uh, and I think it's well, quite valuable also to your, to your listeners. And there's a lesson in there, right? In turning adversity, because we always think that adversity is end of the world. Well, oftentimes it's a blessing in disguise. And did you, did you start reading that book pre, pre this current crisis? Or is it something you've read because of the crisis that we're in at the moment? Ah. <laughs> no, no, no. So this, this crisis hasn't affected my my reading schedule in any way so no no this was on my list and i've just uh, continued reading it yes brilliant well look how can people reach out to you if they want to connect with you outside of this conversation and maybe get to know you a bit more Saki, what's the best uh, way linked linkedin is the best way um linkedin email but my email is on my linkedin so i'm really active on linkedin the rest well as i said not so much anymore <laughs> yes linkedin Brilliant. Well, look, I'll make sure that's attached to the show notes. And it's been a real joy to catch up with you again, Saki. Have a great evening. Thank you. And uh, I'm wishing you all the best to you and your listeners. Thanks, mate. Take, Take care. care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Hi, Gary Turner. Just wrapping up this wonderful conversation with Saki. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did took away so many insights from him, but also just that beautiful, raw, working from home, being a teacher, as so many of you are at the moment, as well as working. I just feel it's a really rich conversation that, that allows us to hold a mirror up to our thinking. Um, a few of the other things I wanted to share with you that resonated with me as I wrap up. One was where Saki shared that we always thought 
that we were not ready for it when he referenced homeschooling until you are forced to actually do it. And does that not speak to so much of the opportunity? Again, referencing when I opened up the horrible, you know, the, the, the loss of life and the challenges our key workers are facing, it's horrible. But if we're going to create a world where hopefully we can navigate these things more easily, how do we actually ensure that we don't allow beliefs that hold us back? You know, how often do we challenge our beliefs? How often do we challenge one another around our beliefs? You know, how do we really start to lean into one another more and get out of this individualistic mindset that we've learned over the generations? Shaki also shared that self-awareness for me is knowing what is, is you're able to do, what you actually know, and what drives you without being concerned about the judgment of others. And I think, again, think about the belief element there. You know, if you believe or if you're comparing yourself to other people, it's very difficult to become self-aware in and of yourself because your, your mirror, you're projecting your belief that someone else is the model of good and therefore you can't be good until you represent what that person looks like. So I'd really love to invite you to think about, you know, what's your level of self-awareness and are you someone that judges others or compares yourself to others? Often this stuff is innocent, it's not conscious. So hopefully this conversation is holding that mirror up as well. Also, I liked Saki when he shared that there is a place for fear, but it shouldn't paralyze you. Look neutral at whatever the facts are. And this is just a brilliant comment, and it reminds me of a piece that I wrote on LinkedIn, which you can find under my LinkedIn profile, called Emotions Are Just Data Points. And I wrote that over a year ago, and that really came to me, and I continue to have to challenge myself with this, to be honest is around the fact that you know good bad sad unhappy angry positive like at the end of the day that's just a reaction to where our thinking is in the moment just remember how quickly it can drop the happiness the sadness the excitement down to something else you know none of them are anything they're just a data point as to where your mind is thinking in the moment and i remember my good friend uh, quinn farrell who shares an, an, another great uh, way to think about this which is emotions are neither positive nor negative. They just are. And he comes from an engineering background, but he's doing an awful lot around EQ with engineers. They are just things in the moment. Like they're not causal to your experience. And finally, and I think this is super powerful. Saki shares that sometimes it is enough just to sit. We have forgotten the art of just wandering, of doing nothing and just being in the moment. So while Saki is very high completion, very high execution, he balances that beautiful paradox of life with knowing that it's important that we slow down, that we connect with ourselves, we connect with others, and that we you know, get by on the energy of, of the collective oneness of what we all are. And I know that it is spiritual, and it is that, I think that's part of this whole awakening is actually, oh my goodness, I'm not separate to that person over there or my neighbor or the person working in the nurse. It's, you know, it just... There is an absolute interdependent interconnectivity of every single one of us on this planet. And I leave that as a hopeful final reflection with you as you go into the rest of your day, if you did listen to these wrap-up reflections. So thanks so much for joining me. You can find my contact details as well as Mike DeCanti's in the show notes. You can find Saki's contact details uh, to find him on LinkedIn. And until next time, I do hope if these conversations serve you, please do share this conversation, please do dive into other conversations on the Value Through Vulnerability podcast platform boosted by Humans First. We have over 120 conversations from when this crazy uh, experiment started back in May 2018. Mike and I have got a lot of energy around bringing a more community-based platform going forward. So this conversation um, with Saki is actually the last one that intentionally 
that is one-to-one. Uh, they will all be multi-person going forward. And what that looks like for next week, which is so exciting, is that we have Hilton Barber and Mark Edgar, two very cool human beings, joining us to talk about culture and leadership and all things human. And then the following week after that, we have the incredible Callie Yost, who is a genuine workplace uh, expert and specialist. Um, she's been doing it for over 20 years, and she says shares some incredible insight with us on Monday, the 27th of April. So I hope you'll join us. We've continued to have some fantastic guests. This is all about community. And uh, yeah, look forward to seeing you soon and speak to you, uh, I hope, in the future. And if you want to find me, apologies, you can find me at Gary IP Catalyst on Twitter, Gary Interpersonal Catalyst on uh, LinkedIn. You can also find me at so Gary Turner Zero, one word, G A W R Y at hotmail.com. Take care. Really hoping that you enjoyed that exploration on the Value Through Vulnerability podcast. You can find out much more about Hexo Change at hexochangenow.com. That's H-E-X-O-Change-Now, one word, dot com. You can subscribe to a weekly newsletter at that website, which includes information about live stream conversations, further service offerings, blogs, but also our in-person events, of which we have multiple each year. So I really hope that you'll join us. Do connect with me, Gary Turner, on LinkedIn, and I really hope to hear from you soon.